Hi everyone, welcome to episode 23 of Did You Watch The Race? This week we'll be reviewing the Dutch Grand Prix in Zandvoort, with the race winner as predictable as Gemma getting the race schedule wrong on our Instagram. I'm Colm and I've been watching F1 for 4 years. I'm Jason and I've been watching F1 for 15 years. I'm producer and social media manager Gemma and I've been watching F1 for 4 years as well. So today we're going to kick off with the news. Yeah, so Danny Rick broke his left hand while trying to avoid a crash with Piastri in FP2. And then another part of that is actually he's getting surgery and I think he's also getting the same surgeon as Lance Stroll. He's on retainer as he's clocking up the hours now with the pen for his second holiday. I'd say he's, but yeah, he's an easy in there, yeah. You know, you repair one F1 driver's hand and then your market's flooded. Yeah. I mean, yeah, in terms of experience, it's pretty pretty good to have that on a on the CV. Yeah, shocking luck for Danny. Um, just very unfortunate. Like, I don't know if you've seen the clip of the crash itself. Didn't really seem like there was a lot he could do. You know, it was a case of hit Piastri or hit the wall. So fair play to him for taking the more painful one. And I think that's what would have caused it's that last second decision. He wouldn't have had time to steer away and get his hands away from the wheel. You'll see usually if drivers will pull their hands down from the wheel if they're about to be in a big crash just to avoid anything with the wheel jumping on them. So just given the proximity he had to, to Piastri, I don't think he could have done both basically. So sorry, I actually didn't see it. So what had happened was that Piastri crashed and then Danny Rick was going to crash into the back of him or yeah basically it like so it, they were following quite They're closely behind Danny. each other so yeah he, like he was getting a green flag into the turn it was only after he had passed the lightning board that the flags came out so no there was very little he could have done some uh, australian brotherhood there for you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah in fairness it's an absolute it's just so unfortunate for him like coming back it would have been more gutting if uh, liam had got any uh, points this weekend yeah, I suppose great for Lawson. Gives him a chance to a very low pressure opportunity. Yeah, and I think he done really well. Mm. Look, he didn't bend the car. <laughs> the, that would have been the one thing they said to him going out. It's like, just don't crash this weekend. There was zero expectation on me. He had one practice session in the car before qualifying. So he finished ahead of his teammate. Yeah. So yeah, I'd say it was also pretty last minute, obviously, with the it being an FP two that. Ricardo got hurt and then probably there would have been assessments like oh can he race can he not oh, so actually probably wouldn't pretty quick being like yeah your hand's broken <laughs> yeah. can you move your hand no well <laughs> ah you can still drive though I'll just you know strap your wrist to the to the wheel uh, less less buttons more <laughs> would have been fine less crashes more <laughs> so the line from them at the moment is that he's targeting to be back for Singapore which would I suppose makes sense is look no way he'll be back for next weekend in Monza but Singapore seems like a horrible track to come back to from an injury just because it's one of the tracks the drivers say every year that that's so quick though like yeah it's three week turnaround lads like if you if I broke my hand I would be milking that I'd be off work (laughs) for a month at least minimum and then even then I'd be like oh I can't type yeah, but I would say he flew to Barcelona and got the surgery and out in the same time it would take us to go into A&E and be seen. So, also, we know. don't get paid in yeah. millions, so... Yeah, but yeah, so he's getting the best medical care in the world, so it makes sense, I suppose, to target that. And I'm sure it'll be a case that they'll have in there ready as well anyway. Maybe if he can do... If Danny Rick will do FP1, see what the story is then, they, they have time to kind of to juggle it around a bit. But interesting to see what Lawson can do now in the car next weekend with a full a full race weekend kind of 
Yeah, that'll be good for him. Really good experience. Mm. And definitely a lot of eyes on him for obviously next year. Mm. But yeah, so really hope you get better soon. Danny Rick. I suppose that brings us on to the actual weekend then. What did you make? Did you watch Yeesh the race? The episode. Yes. Did I? Yes. Did I? <laughs> yes. I did. I did. It was a pretty good race, I think. I think it was really good. I thought it was a great race. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Very exciting. I think the I think it's probably one of the better races this year. In recent memory at mm. least. I'll probably have to go back and read my notes when we're putting it on the Yeah, the putting it on the table. The rain, the different strategies. There's the a chaos. The chaos. There's a good few fights as well throughout the field. The Mercedes terrible strategy being covered up by hand or decent driving again. And Yeah. Well, George had to retire. Yes, that was from the contact with Lando. Mm. Which was kind of his own fault. Due to their bad strategy. Yeah. Apparently this race had the most overtakes in history. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, did it. you see the first five laps? Like, it was crazy. I'm going to Google that uh, to make sure that's I assume right. that all the ones in the pits count. Yeah, but I remember at one point watching the... When you were watching the race, the whole left-hand side where the driver's names are, like, just watching it yeah. dance around for a good, like, two minutes. Yeah. Well, they're all picking up grip and losing it so quickly as well, so... Yeah. Because probably somebody also, was overtaken, going offline, losing all their grip, then getting, you know... Yeah. Ripped up by two other people. Um, also, it was, like, within the first lap, I don't even think they made it to, like, <clears throat> turn seven or something, and the rain was out. Yeah. It would have been an absolute class call if someone had have predicted... Because obviously they saw the inters. rain coming. Yeah, like, starting interest and everyone like, what the hell are you at? Mm. Um, Sorry, just going back on the um, overtakes. So the source of this is Reddit. So take that with a pinch of salt. But apparently one person went back and counted the amount of overtakes and it was 186, which is a record. Um, So the most overtakes ever in an F1 race, which is cool. Nice. Is that including the pits then? Because that's that's not someone. I don't know. I assume it kind of has to, yeah, because that's still, you still overtake them, just not on track. Yeah, I'm wondering though if they compared it to a list of yeah, with just regular overtakes. Yeah, yeah. so. Um, but yeah, I suppose the race start and Mercedes. What I don't know what they're thinking with Hamilton on mediums from the start. That did did anyone else yeah, look it was at a bit that odd. and be like, you know, Toto have been talking in pre-race about the rain coming in very quickly. Softs are well known to be the better tire in rain and off the start if you're only going to be racing for a couple of laps obviously that's what they were trying to do they thought they hoped maybe the rain would stay away for long enough for the mediums to kick in but I think also people were thinking quickly it rained it just seemed daft yeah I also think people were like so I think the teams were thinking that the rain would pass over so quickly that the track wouldn't get drastically wet and they wouldn't need to change yeah I think because when they when initially the rain came out um People didn't pit because they were thinking it'd be over soon and they'd just hold out. But obviously then, whenever it didn't and people on the interest were obviously doing very well, people had to swap. Yeah, I think that's... Like, Mercedes were one of the last to pit, I think, for for inters at the start. I think they were, yeah. Which, yeah, they, but that's just, again, a sunk cost fallacy of, oh, we've already put the mediums on, let's see if we can push it out. But there's the old... kind of It's not really a saying in F1, but, like... You have, you have to be on the right tyres at the right time and regardless of what that costs you in pit time you they were making up the inter the, 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 the time for the pit to enter in two or three laps like it was that big of a delta 
And that's not even taking into account the risk of crashing or completely ruining your race. Like, so... I think Perez was the first into the pits, and obviously, yeah, it paid off for him. Uh, obviously, not in the long run because he got screwed over and he just fucked up at the end as well. Um, but another the one was Albon. I think he also benefited a lot from the from the. Oh, Jesus, yeah. he just cruised on them tires. Hmm, brilliant. And then he did a massive stint on softs as well after that. Yeah, he no, he won a fantastic race. Yeah, he was up in P four. Yes, was. Before we go team by team through the grid, the, the other main kind of talking points in the race were Sergeant's crash. Pretty unfortunate, but yeah, he was also doing well. Yeah, he was doing quite fortunate for him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was it was uh, unlucky, but uh, you guys, they, have I've seen that there was uh, an issue with the car, and that's what caused it. His power steering failed, so mm. you could see he had steered into oh, it, okay. but the wheel just went nowhere. Basically, it was very comical so, to watch. Like yeah, unfortunate. Um, it was also unfortunate for him because I think this was his first weekend where he made it into Q three. Yeah. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. But Sad. look, each of these things are, I, their character building for him for the future. But yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He's actually having a decent year, I think. Yeah, exactly. We'll talk. We can uh, talk. Whack, talk more about him, I suppose, in uh, in the Williams section. The only other kind of takeaway I had from the race as well is the uselessness of the wet tyres. The full wets. What? Yep, agreed. When are wet supposed to be used? Because when I was watching the race, I was like, surely this is a time for it to be used. Like it was red flag because it was so wet. So surely. Yeah. yeah. I don't really understand I think that. It was more of the, I think it was more of the case of the teams being stubborn because everyone went on to enters um, hoping that it would be fine. And I think Ocon went on to the full wets, which was probably the best decision in terms of what the track was like, but since every other team put on inters, I think the race um, management thought that mm. it was too they, dangerous. They were all for Aquaplane Evan already yeah. on it. Inters, yeah. And then Ocon was getting real pissy about it. Like, yeah, which it, it, mm. if they realistically had of, because I remember at the time, I think the commentators were saying that it doesn't really call for a red flag. They probably should have went on to full wets. And at that stage, Ocon would have benefited massively. They decided to red flag it instead, so it kind of fucked him over. So, see, mm. I don't think they can mandate a switch to full wets during an active race, unless it's a if the if a race starts behind a safety car, they can mandate full wets. If say like after the red flag, they could have mandated full wets, but I'd say the situation had abated by then. Mm-hmm. But when there were drivers out in intermediates, clearly aquaplaning like Perez aquaplaned and yeah, Zhao aquaplaned. That's you can't really hold off on the red flag to teach the drivers a lesson or teach the team yeah. a lesson. Exactly, yeah. It's just too dangerous. That runoff so, area was getting a lot of action. Yeah. <laughs> the overall issue I see with the full wet tires is they're kind of an antiquated tire at this point in the sense that they've always been in the shake up of tires kind of for, for a long time. So they used to be monsoon tires as they were called as well. So you had your slicks, inters and then monsoon. So that's what the, the new full wets are but with the change in tyre size in 2017 to go up to something so much bigger basically they're just too dangerous to actually use because they kick up too much spray and also they're so much slower than um. the inters that teams just do not want to run them if at all possible they won't so I think after this year especially that we've had a lot of wet weather I think Pirelli need to really look at the full wet tyre and maybe make make it closer to an intermediate and make an intermediate closer to a slick so that there's a mm. kind of 
middle ground call to use it yeah exactly I do it, also it, it think adds a bit of strategy to it nearly like a, a soft enter and a hard enter that kind of thing or something you know maybe yeah well there's no need to call them enters then but I also do think that the yeah, FIA have uh, kind of become more stringent on the wet weather like they're getting things are getting safer every year and I think they're starting to call it a lot sooner when the, when the weather is bad yeah but that's that's why the, the full wet's not being usable ties into that because the as dangerous as the wet itself is the full wet's just cause almost no visibility Mm. Oh yeah, I completely yeah. agree. Yeah, no, no. I, I, like, even you can see in the yeah, inters, it's, it's very, very difficult to see in the. It's inters. like that's the cutoff point for a red flag. Now it's like if wets need to be used, then we just call it. Exactly. Yeah, and, and I, that's why we're saying at the start of we were like, yeah, this is why we think the wets are useless. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and they should just if they're like basically all they exist for at the moment is to go around and shovel water off the track behind a safety car is is their only purpose so if you're doing that then make them better at doing that as well they're they're just they're a nonsensical tire at this point you know yeah. so we start with williams yeah well not really backmarker this weekend but unfortunately for sergeant he dnf'd after his crash the williams car seemed yeah. to have genuine pace on a track where you a difficult track yeah yeah, yeah this is a difficult track that i kind of nearly call it similar to kind of like hungry almost where mm. you actually need a car with decent mechanical grip and a bit of aero as well it's not like williams of old where they would have targeted monza say and that was their race every year where it's like oh we'll have a fast car here because we'll be slippery in a straight line this was actually a decent looking williams car and i think we've seen the benefit of Sargent over the like of latifi there as well this weekend yeah. you know to capitalize on q3 i think now first latifi did get into one or two q3s once maybe yeah, but in a, what is a very competitive field up and down for Sargent to get into Q3, it was very impressive, even if it was with a bit of luck with Hamilton and who uh, Stroll and Leclerc all going out. Um, I do think it's also impressive. They have very good strategy recently. Mm. Like this isn't the first time where they've made good calls, especially in the wet weather. And it's had Albon come out looking fairly well. Yeah, we're seeing why James Vowles was brought into that team. Yeah, he's doing a great he seems job. To have yeah, completely steadied the ship. He is getting a hundred and ten percent out of Alex Albon, and also look, Sergeant. I was actually even reading just there recently, and Sergeant was never meant to be in that car this year. It was meant to be held to last till next year, and do another year in F two, and then just kind of the way the stars aligned, they ended up bringing him in. But so, yeah, I think they're doing an amazing job. And you know, they're picking up consistent enough points now at this point mm. as well with Albon. And I think Sargent, I look, he's never going to be a world beater or I don't think he'll ever probably even make a podium. But I think he's a decent driver that raises the profile of the team at the same time. In our irrelevant really this weekend, Haas, I saw very little of. Oh God, I forgot about them. Yeah. yeah Genuinely. No, they had, there was one moment where... Magnus had come up into P7, I think. That just as really the pits good. were kind of shaken out. Yeah, and then obviously just completely fell off, um, overtaken very easily, and then didn't hear much of them for the rest of the weekend. No. Neither of them. Yeah, and much the same with Alfa Romeo, other than Joe. Honestly, Joe had a great start, though. He was up in yeah. P4, and he was like consistently. He was he was keeping the the pace. He was like defending really well. I was really sad for him when he because even it was what was it? He crashed out just 
And the lap before it was red flagged. It was like it was oh. what caused the red flag effectively. Yeah. yeah, it was so it was so frustrating because he he had such a good race, and I really feel like he deserved to, to get a bit of a, a win there in terms of getting in the points. But alas, yeah, it wasn't crash to that, be. Yeah. A crash that largely wasn't his fault. Like when the cars yeah. are complaining, and there's effectively nothing the driver can do. Yeah, so there's nothing you can do. Yeah. You could see when Perez. Break, yeah, like, like he was turning yeah. the car, they're just absolutely nothing, and it just looked like he drove straight into the wall. And those puddles but, on the track are developing lap by lap as well because as cars are going through, they're moving them around slightly. So, where he would have been spotting his usual braking line, that may now be mm. full of water effectively. So, yeah, unfortunate for him, but yeah, Alfa Romeo just haven't really ignited this season at all. They've been decent at a couple of races, but overall, mm. yeah, I think that's just where they are at yeah. the moment. Yeah, individually the drivers have had good races as well mm. but yeah and then obviously Alpha Towery with the Danny Rick injury yeah Lawson was pretty solid I don't think he can uh, he was dodging a lot of obstacles so fair play <laughs> yeah yeah fair play to him for good debut for him yeah, yeah exactly yeah good experience I'm, good uh, chance at networking as well yeah well look he seems to be a shoe in for a seat with Red Bull at some point so yeah, I think uh, once he keeps his head down and just doesn't crash that car, they'll be happy enough with him. And again, he so finished three places. He... Oh, sorry, interrupt. I just I'm looking forward to what he'll see. Oh, looking forward to seeing what he'll do next weekend. And he finished. Do you think that will be more of an incentive to oust Perez now? I hardly. Don't know. He's hardly no, shaken I, in I... his boots from Liam Lawson. I'd be more... No, not from Liam. I'm talking about more of the kind of like, that's the pipeline. So, Danny, if Danny does perform very well for the rest of the season, and Perez, obviously there's tension there between him and Max. If if that continues, Perez out, Danny up, Liam Lawson into Danny's seat. Yeah, I... I'm just... This is my tinfoil hat on. Mm. No, no, you're, you're, you're exactly right. As in, he is he is going to be taking somebody's seat at some point in the next two seasons and it, it's just whose is it basically yeah it doesn't actually necessarily have to be a Red Bull seat either like I, it, he'll, he'll he, be in a Red Bull seat there's no way they'll let him go no I'm not saying let him go but they they could sign him out for another team in the meantime to get him some experience if they don't have a space for him if they're ha- just happy with there's, who's there at the moment I don't really know where he'd go because the, the, yeah but they can't keep him they can't keep him strung along forever like. no but the three main feeder teams being Haas Alpha and Williams there's no seats going to be available available with them for the next couple of years so mm. I'm not sure but yeah. no I, I think they would dump Perez or Danny before they would ship him out agree what happened with Yuki towards the end of the race was it just that just after the red flag kind of got I got him, Jeff, because he had been running quite I well. Didn't see anything happen to Yuki. I, yeah, he really he dropped off a cliff. Um, he was doing like consistently all right, and then it was yeah, after he, the change from inters back to slicks. I don't know if it was an internal thing. Like I don't know if maybe he was losing power or something. But yeah, he really dropped off. I think his tire, his his tires, whatever he was doing with his tire management, like because he got over, he he got um he lost two places within three. Um, yeah. corners which is mad so he obviously just wasn't having a good time with them tyres once he went back on the slicks obviously like there's so much happening as well he could have had a bit of a, a moment off camera that we yeah, didn't see yeah exactly yeah and mm. you're like, you know, did you see that one with uh, Russell 
where he hit the grass and then he saved the car. Jesus, it could have yeah. been something similar to that. Yeah. And just, and yeah, just it could not have been shown, easy. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, then our final... No, I was going to say our final DNF, but no, sorry, we have two two left with the Ferrari and Mercedes. Never mind that segue. Is uh, there Russell any... Russell technically didn't DNF, actually. Oh, yeah, he did He's just plus 55. He went into the pits and got repaired. Okay. Well, then our final DNF is Leclerc, if we want to talk about Ferrari, who are like jumping up and down the field like no one's business. Yeah, so just a bad weekend all round really for Leclerc, wasn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. They also had that moment again in near the start of the race when Leclerc came in and there was no... Commu- well, there was very late communication between the team and him and they ended up not having the tyres ready for him when he got in. Yeah. In fairness, actually, that happened to a few teams, so mm. I wouldn't I, put that one completely on Ferrari this weekend. Yeah, and especially how tight the pit is in Zandvoort as well. If they were trying to get two drivers in or out, it was nigh on impossible. So, yeah, that's... I think you could give teams a slight pass mm. outside Mercedes this weekend. Leclerc, <laughs> Leclerc took... Well, he didn't take full responsibility, but he basically, in an interview in his interview afterwards, said that he had made the call to do winters while he was like coming into the pit lane, which is why. And he was like, "I don't regret making that decision because the time we would have lost if I had stayed out for another lap on slicks would have been worse than the time we lost, like fluting around with the inters, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. So he seemed like he didn't. There's, there's no bad blood for once between him and like the team which is Ferrari shocking I think this is one of my issues with Leclerc I think like I like him he's a fast driver but I do think he just he's very rash Mm. I don't know if he's he's been there for a while as well he should be more or less a seasoned driver but he's just still I think he's too preoccupied with with getting ahead now right now I think he he, I think he focuses on the on the little things a little bit too much yeah I agree Colin like he almost can't see the strategy in full and then he he gets lost in the details a little bit and that's to his detriment yeah I think he's a product of Ferrari <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you know outside of his first year he's he's only raced with them so I think yeah he hasn't had a great learning experience within the sport maybe I do think Carlos though is kind of like the the opposite of that then where I think he does see the bigger picture he doesn't make that many rash decisions he's obviously not as fast um, he can't keep the pace as well as Leclerc but when he is in a race situation he knows I think he knows how to keep his cool and he makes relatively good decisions even when the team aren't he usually can hear him on the radio saying I don't think this is a good idea we should do this and usually he ends up being right yeah I sw- he had a super race though like so consistent Science, yeah, yeah amazing like pushed all the way to the end it was kind of unfortunate that he just couldn't catch um, Perez at the very end but no but he was doing some like you know you had Hamilton and Norris within a second of him at the end of the race mm. like so I, I can understand why he didn't I guess yeah but yeah that that was some tremendous defence for the last yeah. felt like 10, 10 odd laps after the red, red flag he was really good, yeah. Yeah, actually, the last, like, two or three laps for him were very exciting, I thought. Yeah, I agree. Very, very good. But Ferrari overall, coming into Monza, I feel like since 2020, they haven't had as bad a form coming into their home race. Their their true home race. Do you reckon? 
yeah outside of 2020 this is the first time maybe since 2009 they've been this bad Mm. they've just been completely anonymous this season which is almost worse than in 2020 where they were openly shit and knew it but they, they were so shit that it was like oh we know we have to change up for next year this is fine whereas this year they're just bad There's they no... feel very lost yeah now but we are in the first year of Fred's reign so mm. I, th- I think he should be given more time but this is Ferrari so sorry I was gonna say even in terms of when like God forgive me, synergy. Like the relationship between Carlos and Charles, like uh, like through the radio, obviously we only get a snippet, but even hearing those little conversations about like who should be overtaking who and like who is faster than who, it just seems like they're not, like none of them are aligning with each other and the strategy and they're all like on this individual path and like they're not all coming together. Yeah, but that's something the team should manage. Mm. Like I can understand the drivers being irritable on the racetrack but like if if the team can manage to have a com- like those conversations beforehand and have those scenarios mapped out I don't think the guys would be as irritable they'd be like oh this is what we agreed Fine, 100% you go on ahead like it's just per management but yeah. them them kind of management issues being there when they're so average is not a good sign because that means if when there is something on the line hopefully say next year for them they're already in that kind of bickering mode. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, you'll need some it's strong... behaviour now. Yeah, exactly. you need some strong management over the... Look, yeah, they're not... I don't think they're going to do anything huge this year, but they'll need some strong management over the, the break at the end of the year to uh, come back next year. So, yeah, look, we talked extensively at the start of this podcast, really, about the, all the changes being made. So you can see what's happening there this year, but just the Italian media doesn't always see it that way. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be an interesting weekend for them next week. Move on to okay. Who's Alpine? next? Alpine. God, I kind of forgot about Akon. Yeah. Double, <laughs> Sorry, Akon. <laughs> double like points finish for them, and the podium. Ooh. Yeah, they had a pretty decent race. They're slightly above that um, best of the rest sort of category where they're behind the top four teams. They kind of pushed out of that this weekend. Obviously, Gasly had a fantastic race. Gasly capitalising, yeah. On... Yeah. That, that's like prime. Like, he was racing like he was back in 2020 where he was just smashing it and like being so consistent and having such a strong drive. Yeah, look, I think he's the better of them two drivers, but I really like Ocon as well. I think Ocon is... He's... I think they're very matched drivers, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, I would yeah. agree, actually. Yeah. I uh, No, no, I think they are quite... They're, they're similar, but I feel... Gasly is who I would be backing on any given weekend to outperform Ocon. Yeah, I think I would do that purely more just because I like Gasly more. <laughs> not on a, I, I don't think I see them as much of different drivers. I don't particularly mind Ocon. I know he gets his fair share. No, I don't mind him either. I just hatred, like Gasly. Yeah, yeah Gasly is a likable chap. Gasly yeah. has an open proposal for me. Just in case he's listening, I'm always available for marriage for him. Just as a side note. What if you're already married? It does not matter. Well, actually it does legally, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a does. spiritual you marriage. Get married in different countries. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in the post-Otmar era, 
Yeah, seems to be going well so I far. Seem to be doing okay. That's two podiums now. So fuck yeah, yeah. But they were on the up. They were on the up. Yeah, look, I know. I, I don't think this is down to Hotmer leaving directly, and I think this will come back to bite them as well. So yeah, I think this is a. Do you know this is very similar to the, this is actually the antithesis of what we were just talking about with Ferrari. Yeah. You know, this is Fred's first year. You need to give him a chance. <laughs> this is Alpine's first year without Hotmer. You need to give them a chance to fuck up. Yeah. No, but look, a team can rally around that sort of situation. You know, it, no, I, I don't think they're comparable situations at all. As in Ferrari, there was a massive amount of changeover of staff up and down the field, whereas this was the top dogs getting removed. And when that happens, you can get a sort of a vacuum effect that kind of the, mm-hmm. the people around them will push themselves a little bit harder maybe to to try and pick up the yeah, slack. Yeah, exactly, pick up the slack. You know, it's kind of similar there even to, like, I don't know if you've heard of the new manager bounce in football where a manager gets sacked, new manager comes in and almost straight away the team start winning just because everyone is like, oh, we need to start impressing, we need to start trying a little bit harder mm. at everything, giving the extra couple of cent. It doesn't matter if the new manager comes in and does the exact same thing. It's just that kind of effect of a new face. Nobody's safe anymore. You have to ensure you're doing everything right. So, yeah. but that rarely... You know, it's a band-aid over what are clearly systemic issues at Alpine from the overall management, not of the not of the F one team itself, but from higher Alpine, like actual yeah, Alpine, yeah. Al- the Alpine board or whatever. Yeah. And next on the list is Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a poor weekend from Mercedes, I think. Yeah, to quote George, he was Predicted for a podium. I don't get why. <laughs> no, I don't getting, know why he said that. I, no, I don't get why he's getting loads of hate for it. I don't know. I just think it was a funny comment because he's easy to hate on. Yeah, because he's a bit of a whinge, so it's kind of yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of funny to be like a show. But he's. I mean, like hundred percent. I mean, there was no reason why he. Like, he wasn't delusional. No, like uh, they would have their own. You know how their race should be running in their head, and they would have talked it through with the strategy team. You know, we'll be pitting from this possession, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And they'd have all the, the data from the weekend. So I can't see, you know, it was, mm. it, it taken completely out of context, it sounds bad. But in the context of watching a race and him having started, he started third? He did, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Just seems... He just couldn't recover after that um, first pit stop. Um, Terror, yeah. It, it came too late and he just... Like the 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 highest you could I, grapple back was P six at one point, but like I mean, yeah, wasn't great. He probably could have done kept going if he didn't have so many issues. But all the same, time, I think it's a funny comment because it was all it was like I don't know maybe for him maybe not, but to the viewers it was like very obvious like, yeah. why he wasn't where he was. <laughs> I think he said it as well, like maybe when you dropped to P seventeen, where it was just kind yeah. Of- <laughs> But that's what I mean. I think I think it came out of such. It wasn't a why am I in the podium. It was more of a why am I in seventeenth. Yeah, comment. which is a valid like, yeah. question. <laughs> yeah. In fairness, yeah, as in like, because like obvious from our point of view, Mercedes made some bad decisions. From his point of view, he's pointing an accusatory finger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, then obviously his race ended with contact with Lando. Well, his race effectively ended with contact with Lando. Yeah. So yeah, a weekend to forget. For George Hamilton, I I don't really know where you seem to get the pace out of in that kind of middle stint. 
to get up as far as sixth, given their terrible strategy off the the start line, their terrible timing to pit to inters. I think that's his experience. Tire management. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Driving Mm, ability. I I agree. Just good old Hamilton. He really did. He very slowly but surely kind of crawled his way up to P6. It was was very methodical. Yeah, very impressive. It looked... He was playing the long game, like... Yeah, just a um, complete juxtaposition, I suppose, the two drivers <laughs> compared to Mercedes. Well, I keep seeing a lot of people saying that they were always like this and that the car was just so fast before. I don't really buy into that. I no. think, I think no. there was... I'm very surprising to make, see Mercedes make a slip up like, like they did this weekend. Before. I think there was times when they got away with it because the car was fast, but by and large, they were good at strategy. Oh, yeah. And yeah, look, strategy is easier when you're coming from the front. But... There was multiple times they absolutely nailed, say, two stops over one stops in like Barcelona and Hungary to get past Max. There's been, yeah, lots of cases through the years where they've done great strategy. I don't think they've immediately forgotten how to do it, but I think just this year and last year, they just it, it's corresponded with their fall and pace. I don't necessarily think they're correlated. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. But they'll need to get it sorted for next year if they hope to have any real chance yeah. to, to push it on because if anyone's going to dethrone Red Bull they're going to need to have all their ducks in a row mm-hmm. I was going to say that <laughs> <laughs> it was weather for the ducks at the weekend so hey, it was indeed well we move on to then um, our other podium winner which is Aston Martin and Fernando Alonso yeah Again, well, Fernando Alonso and Aston Martin is probably more. Sorry, yeah. I mean, he's carrying that. Stroll, again, where, like, he finished P11, but he was down in 17th for a very long time. Yeah. I was about to ask, was he racing this weekend? Was he even present? Yeah, he in the was, room. But, and, like, he usually thrives in these kind of changeable conditions. He's That's what you said famously decent, a couple of yeah. weeks ago. Up until yeah. this year, he's been. Jimmy, your eyes look driving. very accusatory. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think uh, I think Stroll has just kind of gone this season. I think he's talked about already having to go away and look at why his hand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he did break his hand earlier, so we and his toe. It's his big toe. It's very important. I actually read an interesting kind of breakdown on that, that at the start of the season he would have been on heavy pain. He would have been on heavy painkillers for the hand while racing. And that they can oh God. Redu- no, but they can reduce kind of anxiety or stress in the situation, and that that might have helped him at start of the year when he was decent coming up against Lonzo. But I think, yeah, I think he just needs to get this season over with and regroup for next year at this point because he's getting upended <laughs> nowhere fast. Yeah, he's. I don't know. It's just between himself. Perez and I suppose Russell Russell and Sergeant sorry I suppose they're the ones getting mm. creamed by their teammates I don't know a good word Ooh, that's an interesting choice word <laughs> I think though Stroll is like Stroll has always struck stricken he's always struck me as someone who is very self-aware of his situation circumstance yeah. etc and like, I think he knows more, and he's probably extremely realistic more so than any of the other drivers about like, 
right, I know exactly what I need to do to, to bring myself. Like, I mean, he is not delusional in any way that like he is on the same level as Alonso. Like he'll know yeah. that. So like, I, I think, yeah, the only thing he can do is like regroup for next year. Like he doesn't need to be told any further that he's doing shit in comparison. You have nothing else to do but to give up. <laughs> yeah. is <laughs> basically what we're saying here. But no, but. And he knows it. It's, give up in like board. the short term, you know, go on a little retreat or something. I don't think give up, but as in just oh, get know, through just it. Yeah, start like don't target beating Fernando. Target, you know, beating yourself. Yeah, it's you versus you. Exactly. Yeah. But going off like a lot of the drivers have talked about getting therapy and and psychology and around it, it, it strikes me as somebody who needs a bit of mental fortitude to deal with the pressure that's being put on him by Alonso and then the media, etc. Because of how good that car is, so. Yeah, I think next year is yeah. when we make a break for Stroll. Yeah. Because... I think him and Clark could get a package deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I think this year he deserves a bit of a free pass. He hasn't been in a great car in a long time, you know. So I think he des- he's built... For me, he's built up enough credit over the years that he can have a bit of an off year. And... It sounds so much worse though when you say it like that. He hasn't been in a good car for a while, so he can squander this one while he has it. Yeah. We are Lance Troll apologists. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am a, yeah. a hardcore Lance apologist. I don't even know why. Me too. He's just a likeable person. I, I don't think he's that No, really. I just think he's. I don't dislike him. He's, he's, he's hard to dislike because he is he's, pretty genuine. And he's Canadian. Yeah. They're always true. nice. But I think he should have built up enough credit with the team by his father buying them out and keeping them all in jobs um, <laughs> and Fair. being a decent driver on his day over the last couple of years. So He he is a decent yeah. driver, yeah. I wouldn't be putting him in, like people try to put him in the same class as your Latifis, ah, et cetera. No, that's miles, really unfair. Miles ahead of that. So, but but that's... <laughs> How insulting to Latifi. <laughs> <laughs> but I think next year will be make or break for him. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, yeah, well, we nod to Alonso. Like, fuck me. Like, how he was like, what, seven tenths off max at the end? And uh, in his interview, he was like, oh, I could have gone for it, but, you know, didn't want to risk the position. Like, oh, but well, that's the best call. Three like, oh, because he knows. Amazing. He knows if he had a went for it, Max would have just passed him out anyway. Yeah, he would have pushed him off the road, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, good playing. Yeah, he was really showing his experience came through. All race, from from yeah. beginning Unreal. to end, fantastic race yeah. management. He, did he win um, driver of the day? I actually don't know who won. It. I don't know who did win driver of the I day. I think he was up there anyway, and I think well deserved. Yeah, I'm surprised Albon didn't actually get a call out for that. In fairness, mm. I I just think Albon had a fantastic race. Um, but yeah, Alonso did unbelievable. Oh, was uh, um, uh, Alonso? Yeah, yeah, it was a long driver of the day. Yeah, he done a fantastic race, and then he got very lucky there towards the end with Perez obviously going off, and then he got lucky again because he could ease off because Perez got the five second yeah. penalty. <laughs> it, it was super. But, yeah, I, I, he's having a fantastic season, and he's really showing. He's kind of showing two things well, that, he, that you can raise. They kind of fell off there a bit um, in uh, the last couple of races. Oh yeah, but he hasn't. I wouldn't say. I don't think like I don't think he's performing worse, but like yeah, in terms of his season as a whole, it's definitely taken a dip. 
yeah. not his fault. Obviously, it's the car mm. as well, as in they haven't had as many upgrades. But and Mercedes have been a lot better as well. And yeah, yeah, and obviously then the whole McLaren thing as well. But yes, there's still the thing as well as he's shown. There's not a huge pile of talent coming through at the moment, mm. and, and I don't, I don't see much outside of Lawson. There's very few outside of F1 kind of in the, in the junior categories at the moment that's lighting the world on fire. Uh, what about your fave, Jason Piastri? Yeah, Piastri. Oh yeah, fair. But he's in yeah. F1 this year. But yeah. Yeah, I do think that they kind of took the last bunch of drivers quite young. Yeah. And like they would probably be, they would have been like starting last year. Yeah. So they kind of almost skipped. Oh yeah, mm. I don't think the sport is in a bad place in terms of ability. I just mean he's also showing that too, if that makes sense. Yeah, what the standard yeah, yeah. can be. 100%. Yeah, yeah. He's carrying this season. God love him. I suppose Pico Piastri then, McLaren, bit of an off weekend unfortunately but still, yes, he had a good drive yeah solid drive and so did Lando I was just about to say it, it bit of an yeah. off weekend for them now is a double points finish they had so, very very good qualifying you know mm. it's yeah yeah Lando P2 um, nothing other than I think they had quite good defensive racing yeah um, and a couple of decent overtakes and there was a good Lando. fight between Lando and Hamilton had a scrap pretty much the entire race which was quite that was good I enjoyed that. But yeah, big change of fortunes in them though from so this being our first race after the summer break say from the start of the season they've really turned that car around and everyone in McLaren seems to be enjoying it at the minute as well. It seems to be like a really good place to be working. Then that just leaves us with Red Bull. So do we see them losing a race this year? In in no. in a race where Verstappen doesn't get taken out would probably be more. I don't see Max losing a race for the rest <laughs> yeah. of the year. No. I see Perez coming last a couple of times. Max. Last is harsh. (laughs) (laughs) Effectively last. When you're not first, you're last. No, for Perez, if you're not not second, you're last. So what? Max is currently 138 points ahead of Perez. Has he finished the championship yet? No, not yet. But there's more between Max and Perez than there is between Perez and Norris in eighth. Jesus. Wow! Yeah, and obviously then he he leveled with Vettel this weekend with nine wins in a nine row. Nine on the trot, I, yeah. He'll hundred percent break Damn. that. Like next race. Oh, easily. Yeah. Monza is a bit of a bogey track from though. Last year is was it? his first ever win at Monza. Really? Yeah, mm. but like he's just on he's, form. There's no chance yeah. of he's like the car is fantastic. He's doing a fantastic job. Like you even seen this weekend where, um, people are preserving their tires for when they're on the inters they're trying to preserve the tyres to, to kind of make them last through the rain and he didn't give two damn yeah that's yeah. and he's still fine the, I think we touched on it earlier but there was one point yeah he gained five seconds on Perez in one lap on the inters in the first stint of inters Matt uh, yeah and Perez may have been getting told to mind his tyres but the fact that Max was able to do that and then still make strategy work then what was Perez minding his tyres for and I don't think even still, I don't think he was five seconds worth of conserving tires. Mm. You know, yeah, that alone shows the, I, the difference in standard. I don't really see, in fairness, though, where people are trying to make the scandal out of that. Pe- the they let Max undercut Perez. 
if anyone was looking at a timing screen in there, there was a clear first driver. I think they saved Perez a bit of shame from Max just breezing past him on track. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that was a bit of saving face. Yeah, do do the team orders in the pits rather than anywhere else. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think Perez also just... Well, now I think of it, I'm like, oh, did he have that much bad luck? Or maybe it was just him not being particularly great this weekend. Maybe a combination of both. I I think Perez is doing... Like, I think he's having a good season. I know he's messed up a few times. But at the same time, like, he's second in oh, the championship. Like, I think it's just the fact that he's getting... He's getting compared to Max and he's having probably the greatest season of F1 technically of all time yeah but well yeah well so one, like, one of the best drivers of all time is in arguably the form of his life in what will probably yeah. be the best car you'll ever have it, yeah and the probably best like car car drive or car driver pairing that we, we've seen so far and like yeah that's what he's getting yeah. compared to like it's, is it really that much of a fair comparison <laughs> yeah but he still has nearly what he has 60% more points than Perez Oh no! I completely, I completely get that. But like, no, no, I, no, no, I, no. I, I just feel I, like he's I think fine. Like Perez is still massively underperforming that car. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he was unfortunate with that penalty. It was zero point eight kilometers an hour over the speed limit, but that there's a fixed limit there. So yeah, I, I find it hard to believe that every single driver that gets into the Red Bull seat can't perform to the same level as Max because he's some god. I like I genuinely think there's systemic issues in Red Bull that make it really difficult for a second driver to thrive there. Oh, definitely. But, you know, that has to come down to the driver a little bit as well. Yeah, but like he's been, he's he's been the best at it so far. Like <sighs> he has. Mm. Yeah, but he's by far the most experienced to try it. And this is excluding... Mm. Well, I'm, I'm, I'd exclude Ricardo from this discussion because Max was very new to the sport at that point, so it, it wasn't as clear-cut as now is. But, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but I think over the course of the season, he's shown pace at different times, but he has just shown massive inconsistency as well and mm-hmm. rashness that have has cost him points left, right and centre. You know, the crash in Monaco, the... I'm actually forgetting. Lest we forget now. all of the, the Q1. Um, Q1 and Q2. Yeah. Ends, it's, you know, yeah. none of that is excusable. Like, regardless of how much Max is overdriving a car, there is no way that car should not be in every Q3 session and it should not finish in the top five every week. And he has not done that. So... That's fair enough. I do think some of the qualifying sessions, there was genuine issues with just bad luck because it was like those wet weekends where the track was changing yeah. so much during qualification mm-hmm. where he just happened to set the t- fastest time like that's what happened to Claire Leclerc this weekend like he actually just managed to get across the line with enough time to spare to do a second lap like things have ha- happened at yeah, Paris I, and I, I definitely 100% agree that he's not getting equal treatment from the team as well in terms oh, of preference yeah. and strategy all that kind of stuff but even still I <laughs> think he's he's so far off the pace that it's hard it's hard to see where to start making arguments for him yeah. I just think like so I definitely agree that he's probably not doing the best he could in the car but I think he's not doing the best in the car because 
there's issues with Red Bull. Like, oh yeah, issues. yeah. There's hundred percent issues with Red Bull, and I think Red Bull are starting to come around to that as well with how much Max has hinted towards retirement at the end of his contract. And yeah, would Red Bull fall into obscurity if they didn't have that? But I don't think they would because I, I think they're lining up a Lando or charles maybe piastri. or piastri yeah exactly somebody to to hop into that seat if max isn't going to be and i'd say look max probably gives them a heads up being like hey i'm going to retire next year get somebody in you know um when is his contract due to 20, end 2020 yes. yeah so he'd be yeah he'd be 30 odd around that and i could definitely see him leaving to go and race another series i don't i'd like i don't think he would retire from racing i think he'd just go and do other things because it's <laughs> It's hard to see, you know, it, it would need a perfect set of sense, perfect set of circumstances, similar to say 2021, where he doesn't want to be too far ahead and winning all the time, but he also doesn't want to be too far behind. So Yeah. yeah. Competition is I do be interested though, it it'd be very interesting to see him just disappear, like just fade into the fade into the darkness. Go off the grid. Like, because if he's achieved everything uh, in F one that probably he's already wanted yeah. to achieve. And maybe minus X amount of titles that he wants. But like in terms of his yeah. psyche, I'm sure he's made his father proud and he can move on finally in his life. <laughs> God. Don't yeah. even open that kind of worms. He actually live his own life once he retires. Yeah. Well, like but that's I think him living living his own life is he's already set up a, a GT three racing team, so and he's ta- talked yeah, a lot fair. about getting sim racers into real race and all that kind of thing. So, no, I think he's happy enough for, yeah, I think he'll just very much kind of a la Captain America at the end of Endgame, where he's just like, no, I don't think I will. I I think he'll just get, go out completely on his own terms when he wants to. But, mm. look, that's still yeah, a few fair. years down the line. Um, I should have think what sort of state sport will be in if Max stays in the form he is in now. Yeah. Because it's it feels so different to the Mercedes dominance, you know, and that that's the most comparable thing I can kind of draw to, where that was yeah. At least there were some weekends where it was like oh, you know, someone's going to give them a run for the money. We had two out of th- like every weekend was no, like it, someone's going to give them. Well, a no, money. it was one of the two Mercedes were going to win from twenty fourteen to twenty sixteen. You know, the both twenty fourteen and sixteen, the title went down to the last race. And you know, in twenty sixteen it went down to the last few corners where Hamilton was trying to back Rosberg into the pack, you know, that kind of thing. There was a vicious rivalry between two fairly equal drivers. Hamilton kind of cruised twenty fifteen to be fair, but you know, at least they were fighting each other and then it was kind of the rest of the grid away from that. <laughs> Whereas this is just kind of how much is Max gonna win by? But yeah, no, dominance is not good for the sport, no matter who's dominating. I was a Hamilton fan, I still find it boring for years, mm. so yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. But look, Max is doing basically everything perfectly. I think we've chosen probably one of the worst seasons to start a podcast. As we've said so many times. It's, yeah. I suppose that's a nice segue on to rate our race for this week. I think this is pretty high. I'll grab the top three. Our current top three is Austria, Spain, and Monaco. I'd probably throw this in a top. Can you redate the notes there? Nope. <laughs> Fuck what happened. Um, I'd put it now... Wait, Austria what and what? Austria, Spain, and Monaco are our top three at the moment. 
What's first? Yeah. Austria. I remember Monaco being a very good race. What, what's number know, four? Similar circumstances. Silverstone. Miami, then Spa, then Australia. Like, I, I think this was relatively memorable. What happened in Austria? Austria was just a lot of overtaking. I'd put it in. I'd be tempted to put this in third. Yeah, yeah. between Spain and... because in my head, similar circumstances to Monaco, Monaco, but I felt this one was more exciting. Yeah. Yeah, that's my thinking as well, Colm. Yeah, fair. Okay, I'm getting out right. it. Why, where would you put it? I'd probably put it second, but I'll I'll survive, you know. Congratulations you, to... Where are we? God, you go about it. Congratulations Zandvoort. to Zandvoort for bumping Monaco off the third place. Next weekend, we're going to be racing at Monza. Well, we aren't, but F1 will be racing at Monza. So we'll watch that with intent and then have our race review next Wednesday if you've enjoyed the podcast be sure to give us a follow on Spotify Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen it really helps if you leave us a review and make sure to tell your friends and family to give us a listen we're also on Instagram at did you watch the race all one word and while you're there be sure to check out Coley Illustrations who do all our lovely artwork so thanks for listening I've been Jason I've been Colin I've been Gemma and we'll talk to you next Wednesday